Welcome to the Ben Don't Break podcast. We are powered by the Source Weekly, Ben's locally owned newspaper. This podcast is our eddy in the rushing waters of local journalism. We are glad that you're taking some of your time to listen to us chat with the people who shape our local community. I am Aaron Schweitzer, publisher of The Source and co-host of today's podcast, along with our editor, Nicole Vulcan. Hello. Our guest today is Brian Potwin, executive director of Commute Options. Brian has lived in Central Oregon since the year 2000 and loves to ride bicycles and work with the community. Working for Commute Options since 2008, Brian has learned many techniques for outreach and engaging communities in Central Oregon. He is passionate about creative change and promoting community health, active transportation, and a vibrant local community. Thanks for sitting down with us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Um, For those totally new to active transportation in Bend, lay out some of the challenges that commuters might face here in Central Oregon. That's a great question. So uh, active transportation in Central Oregon has a very good history uh, as far as access for all different members of our community. And some of the, the biggest challenges that folks have is the connectability between point A and point B within yeah. uh, the city of Bend specifically. And that's something that we're very excited about that the city of Bend is really putting forward as a priority of making key routes across our town and connecting some of those vital uh, transportation uh, systems that we need for people who are not in a car by themselves. You work kind of cl- you work closely with the city on a lot of their. Um, I mean, you're kind of the go-to for where are there gaps in our, you know, internal city route system, greenways, things like that. We have a great partnership with the city of Bend. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I was curious, you know, what what kind of specific steps you might have um, taken part in in the city's transportation plan is, and and those those um, you know key west or key connector routes that you mentioned yeah we have been engaged with the city of bend for many many years on active transportation and we were very excited to see that the city chose to prioritize this and put forth the bond measure which we're very thankful uh, passed and some of these connections that we're already seeing development on wilson specifically, and even looking at uh, listening groups as far as how we can upgrade our roundabout system for people with uh, hearing disabilities and uh, visual disabilities as well, so we can make it easier for everyone to get around. Uh, We provide feedback. We engage with our city council about uh, potential directions that we could go in and what we're hearing from our constituents and our community as well, because we're on the ground working with folks on a daily basis. So does that look like someone from your organization being on committees um, and things like that? We are on lots of different committees. <laughs> <laughs> committees are where things definitely get done. Uh, and so uh, we are members of the Central Oregon Area on Commission of Transportation, COACT. Uh, we uh, work with the local Deschutes BPAC or Bicycle Pedestrian Advisory Committee. I'm a member of the statewide committee, Safe Routes to School Advisory Rulemaking Committee. Uh, that helps uh, delegate where funds are going and promote Safe Routes to School, not only the education portion, which we're more focused on, uh, but also some of the construction or infrastructure aspects of it. 
So what is um what do some of those what are some of those um educational pieces of your work? Well, we work with youth uh, primarily for our Safe Routes to School program, and that's bicycle and pedestrian, but also walking, rolling, skating, scooting, any form of transportation, uh, and even educating folks about carpooling as far as how to actively get to and from school. So we work directly with the Ben Lapine School District. They're a great partner of ours, and we are in the schools working with students uh, K through 12. We just uh, added the high school section onto our Safe Routes program this last year, so we're excited to do that. Uh, but previously, K through eighth grade, working with um, you know how to cross at crosswalks, how to use hand signals, the importance of wearing a bike helmet, riding on the right side, right hand side of the roadway, uh, things of that nature, teaching predictable, safe behaviors for both people walking and rolling. Yeah, that was one of the things Nicole and I were talking about prior to coming in here is I think it's hard for us who've been, you know, commuters and cyclists for so long. I mean, I grew up commuting on the hot streets of Atlanta, so coming to Bend is a little bit of a transition. But what do you see when you meet with people who haven't bike commute and they're like heading out on the scary streets of Bend? You know, what are the things that that come up in those initial you know, like, hey, I'm on my bike and I want to I want to go across town, you know, regardless of why. Some of the bigger issues that we hear about are uh, motor vehicle speeds sure. and the speeds in which people are driving. Uh, even in the areas where the speed limit is lower, it still is challenging for folks if they're just getting into that mode of transportation. And so that's why we're really excited to see the city put forth neighborhood greenways and designate specific areas in town where the speeds are a little bit lower, 20 miles an hour. We've got some, you know, here uh, near the studio as far as on Georgia. Uh, there's some over on the east side of town as well. And so creating corridors because yeah. not every street is going to be that really fast street and it's not going to be a slow street. So it's about prioritizing where people need to go. And also looking at the, the system that we have in place right now and how to adapt that to the changing needs of our community. Okay. So does that look like, you know, I guess for like the newbies, do you, do they have an impression that like they need to be riding in the bike lane? But really what you're saying is it'd be better if you went on these greenways. Like what kind of conversations do you have with these folks who are kind of new? That's a great question. Uh, it It's kind of across the board. It's a big spectrum. Mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, some of the biggest pieces are wayfinding. How do I get to where I need to go? And because if you have been driving in your vehicle, you understand, okay, from point A to point B, this has been my traditional path. But when you're walking or rolling, those routes change. And so taking that into consideration and route planning is a very big conversation that I have with people breaking it down as far as not 100% of your commute is going to be a challenge. Some of it is going to be quite easy and breezy right. and nice, and maybe it goes through a park, and maybe it's partially on a greenway, and then you've got an intersection coming up that does need or require a little bit more of your attention to understand where to be. Uh, I think Bend as a whole is extremely accessible to walking and biking. There are more challenging areas than others, uh, and there's definitely room for improvement. 
But uh, if you take a moment and you look at, you know, a map and check out your route and maybe go on a Sunday morning when it's slower and really dissect it and look at it from a, a different perspective, there's lots of ways to get around town where you don't need to be on one of those faster streets and you can be on a slower side street or, like I said, going through a park or being in a neighborhood. Uh, and that's one of the benefits of being in Bend is we have a lot of those areas accessible to us already it's more of making sure people know where to go yeah that's such an interesting point that like if you if you are working with an adult who is used to driving they're used to going on these big streets because that's the fastest way but Mm -hmm. that is totally not how you ride (laughs) bikes safely i mean half of my commute is like through parking lots and alleys you know, when I'm on my bike. And it's the same with with youth as well. Uh, when they're driven to, you know, point A or point B, yeah. they, it's hard for them to understand how they got to where they're going. But within our Safe Routes to School program, we have walking school buses uh, where it's a group of students walking on a designated route with a trained and vetted leader. Uh, and oftentimes those routes are on some of the Bend Park and Rec trails that we mm-hmm. have. You know, the Larkspur Trail specifically is a great connector across town. Yeah. But it's also hidden in a way that if you don't know it's there, it's challenging to walk on 15th or more challenging. 15th is actually a pretty great street, but that's just an example of, you know, the choices that you can make if you understand um, what type of infrastructure is available to you in Bend. Yeah, I mean, another one that I just, a shout out to the canals that you can ride alongside where they are allowed, of course. I know there's there's user conflict sometimes where it's not allowed, but I think Bend Parks has uh, created easements on most of those, those, um, those canals, which really, you know, if you live on the deep east side, you can ride your bike along a beautiful flowing, body of water mm-hmm. instead of See the a busy street hatching in the <laughs> yeah. spring and yeah it's there's there's some great sections to our town for sure yeah one of the um one of the things i'm curious about and maybe this is i don't know how if there's a question in here but you know for a community like ours that prides itself on i mean every car's got a rack of mountain bikes on the back and you know we're we're known for being a cycling town and now direct there there's not that many people that take advantage of commuting on our streets and i think um you know drivers that therefore are not as exposed to as many cyclists if you know if you've made the transition from a metro area especially one like portland which isn't really that far away so many bikes on the road it's hard you know you get in the car your consciousness is up about cyclists is that something that um people comment to you about or what's the general vibe about where bend is on its evolution towards being conscious of cyclists on the road that's a that's a great question and one that we actually address with our organ friendly driver program yeah and so that is really looking at people who need to drive, you know, because we can't all ride bikes and walk sure. and roll. Uh, driving is a part of who we are. Commute options is not against driving cars. We're for options for people. Mm-hmm. Right. And so when you look at um, you know, educating folks on a whole, uh, taking into account how uh, people driving interact with people walking and rolling. And so that's why we're working with the Oregon Department of Transportation to educate folks on how to, uh, you know, what to expect from people walking and biking. 
And I'm not going to sit here and say that people walking and rolling do the perfect right thing every <laughs> single time. Sure. We're all human, and there's uh, reasons why people are potentially doing something that is illegal. I, we do not condone that, but we understand why it could be happening. And so educating drivers on those potential interactions and what to look for is extremely valuable when it comes to having you know, a safe and healthy community and people having that option and that choice for active transportation. Who are the type of people who are taking part in that? Is it, you know, do you kind of have a, a type that signs up for the Friendly Driver program? Well, right now we're mainly focusing on professional drivers. Okay. So it's anybody who is out there oh, sure. all the time doing it for a living. Uh, and that could be you know, bus drivers, that could be, you know, FedEx shipping, anybody who's pr professionally driving, that is our main audience right now because we can get an audience with them and work with their employer. Uh, but, you know, our programs and our education is open to anyone in the public, and we are constantly encouraging and bringing up opportunities for the general population to uh, take part in these educational resources that we have. Yeah, interesting. So, okay, so here's something that I think about a lot, um, you know, in terms of bike biking and bike commuting specifically and, and just active commuting is a lot of times people are talking about the practical side of it, right? Um, the cost savings, the lack of a need to pay to park or just find parking. But, I mean, I'd love to hear more about the positives that are just like the less tangible, like the fun of it or like the being in nature. Um, because, you know, for me, it, yes, it's nice. I don't have to find a place to park. But the reason I like it is I get a dose of nature in the morning and the yeah, afternoon, right? Mm -hmm. I can be and hear the birds. So, I mean, how much does that come into your discussion or maybe your like uh, convincing of folks that, you know, maybe we should do this just for the pure joy of not being in a car. Well, that comes into play when we're, we're working with youth specifically yeah, because right. they love to be outside. They want to walk. They want to skate. They want to scoot. They want to roll. And so that that comes up very often when we're working in the schools. And uh, we also, when we work with the youth in the schools and our partnership with Benma Pine School District, we have a, <clears throat> excuse me, a really good connection with the families. And so that's another mode of outreach and engagement for us is, you know, engaging them and creating opportunities for the whole family to be involved. So it's not singling out and say, you've got to do this because you're going to save money. I mean, that that's great, but it's, it's more about, hey, here's a family opportunity for you all to get together and, like you said, be outside, enjoy the morning. Uh, we've got great weather here in Central Oregon for being outside, and we like to take advantage of that all year round. Uh, I think we're very, we can be very prepared to be out there in the wintertime, in the summer, in the spring. And so that's one avenue that we like to connect with the community on is the family aspect. Yeah, I just I guess I'm thinking like a marketer here. It's like, let's talk about the joy bike commuting <laughs> people. Like that's just this is the best part of it. Yeah, it is very joyful. That's absolutely true. Yeah. I always think it's very cool that you like you were saying when you're cutting through parking lots, you're going down alleys, you always find these little treasures that nobody knows about things painted on the walls, little pieces of art thrown here and there. Those are that's always a very cool. Oh yeah, actually now you bring that up. Uh, and I talked about it before, but over on the Larkspur Trail in Midtown Bend, yeah. there's 
there's a couple of fences that uh, abut against the trail, and they've taken some good effort to make art and do really neat things yeah, back cool. there. And I think some of them have even been uh, showcased on uh, local news as well. And it just as engaging, and it's welcoming to say we want you here. Mm -hmm. You're a part of our community, as opposed to, uh, you know, we need to protect what's going on. So it's it's you're right. There's lots of cool little things yeah. happening out there you can find. Mm -hmm, for sure. I'd like to hear more about the programs that you do in the schools. I mean, I I, you know, it's such was such an integral part of my growing up. You know the that ride from home we're, you're not with your parent or I wasn't back then and you're going to school what does that look like um, nowadays when you're teaching kids to get more on their bikes in a in a town like this and I know you also do an e-bike program I know that's a big part of what you guys are are um, interested in as, as it's growing and it's becoming more of a, an issue what does that look like our Safe Routes to School program is how we engage with youth. And um, I think, I, like I said before, it's all about uh, creating safe, uh, fun, and convenient opportunities. So really looking at it from the perspective of uh, how do we work with uh, the schools and our youth specifically to create situations that are safe for them. And so one of the things that we do is called a walking school bus. And uh, hmm. it's also bike riding, too, and skating yeah. and scooting. But it's basically a group of students all together on a designated route going to and from school five days a week uh, with a designated adult uh, as well. And that is one of the best ways that we've found to really get on the ground and provide that service. Hey, you know, if you meet here at this date and time every, you know, every day, we'll walk and roll together. And that's great. And we've seen... So many thinking of the speaking of the fun aspect, so many friendships that are created mm -hmm. during those walking school buses and the fun that they have as well. We had a professional photographer come out a couple of years ago and take photos and they're so the kids are just having so <laughs> much fun. <coughs> they're having such a good time with each other. And that's really important to foster that growth of this is a normal way to move about your town. Yeah, I mean, one of, um, you know, kind of being a um, somebody who follows bike Twitter, I like to call it. Um, it's been really cool to see that program in, you know, shout out to the teacher in Portland who has his bike bus going. And I think oh, like Sam Balto. Yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. he's become a superstar because he's got so many kids riding yeah. to school together every day. And it's yeah, just been great. really cool to watch. Mm -hmm. And that's been an evolution for him. And it's really, I've known him for a long time. And to see how he's been growing that program and actually getting national attention, you know, and really normalizing that mode of transportation is, we're huge fans of what he's doing. Yeah. So when you do the Safe Routes to School, we were talking about it before we started recording. Just kind of talk about the logistics of it for like parents whose kids are going to go through one of those programs. I mean, mm -hmm. You bring a whole fleet of bikes. You mm -hmm. teach kids all the things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, logistically speaking, you know, we start very slow uh, with, with the students, and we work on pedestrian safety. And so from our perspective, if you know how to use the transportation while you're walking, that's a good stepping stone to understand how to use it when you're moving much faster. And so you talked about e-bikes earlier just a little bit, which I know we're going to get into, but the speed just starts to increase. So if you start slower... And you understand, you know, what does that sign mean? And what is this infrastructure? What is a sidewalk? And I mean, we're talking about little kiddos, right? We're talking about students that even in kindergarten, uh, we don't encourage students of that age to walk on their own, of course. 
uh, you know, we're more of the, the fourth, fifth uh, middle school range to do that, that kind of activity. But to having that opportunity to start teaching them and un understand, uh, you know, what it's all about, what's going on out here, and give them the opportunity to cross the street in a controlled environment on their own uh, to, to understand how the whole process functions. Because as adults, we've gone through driver's education, we've been using our roadways for years, and so we have an ability to understand that. Them being that small, developmentally, they uh, are still uh, not able to understand what's, what speeds and distances are, their peripheral vision is not fully developed, and so we need to, or we have adapted our teaching, our trainings, to take all of that into account. And so it's all very age appropriate what we're doing with them. Um, and logistically, it's it's a lot of fun because like I said before, uh, they really enjoy being outside and learning this. We often do mock-ups in classrooms and do some role playing inside the classroom in a controlled environment so they understand what they're gonna be getting into outside. So the little littles, we don't even take them off campus, but once you start to get in, to the older age range, you can take them out to the crosswalks directly in front of the schools where it's a school zone and uh, motor vehicle drivers are being required to drive at a slower rate of, of speed and things like that. So we're hey, introducing it to them. Yeah, we're introducing it to them in a, um, a graded way that's appropriate for way, where they are and what they can handle based upon research and development for these programs on a national level because we're not making this up. This is a, a national program. Oregon is leading in the nation, but there have been lots of people before us understanding how to do this really well. And so we're adapting that to our environment here in Central Oregon. Yeah, it's interesting that you talk about, well, I want to say that just uh, having children try to kind of understand the rules of the road before they've ever had that education is, is like a really... Um, meaningful I guess thing for me because I was hit on my bike when I was 11 um, and sure. it was in a situation where I didn't understand what a driver's behavior would be doing mm -hmm. I was on a sidewalk and looking you know uh, the driver was looking the opposite way which um, from my understanding kind of sounds like the same scenario that happened this past weekend with the 15 year old who was um, killed on Highway 20, um, riding on the sidewalk, which, you know, of, of course our hearts go out to that family for that loss. That is just incredible. Um, oh, yeah, we're so saddened to hear that. Um, that just is, is heartbreaking for us. Uh, to have anyone, uh, especially one of the members of our community who is a youth, uh, be fatally injured uh, on, their, on their bicycle. Um, and, you know, just like you said, our hearts are with the, all the families that are impacted by that specifically. Yeah. I think it's somewhat surprising. I mean, if you have been a parent and you have walked your child through the, what are actually some pretty significant perils when you head out with them and they're biking. I remember my son finding out kind of the hard way that my son didn't really understand that you couldn't cross obstacles parallel. He was just easing up to a curb and flipped himself on his bike and I was like it was so basic to me you know they you know you're going to turn your wheel in and you're going to you're going to pop it or mm -hmm. you know you're going to go over some but it is it is those things and I think it's something to remember when people are driving especially you know there's a lot of anger about those e-bikes and they don't understand that those are kids on those bikes and 
yeah, the, we can talk about the speed thing in a second, but you know, they also just don't have that comprehension that you're going to turn, you know, and, and they may not be able to stop little things like that that matter. Yeah. Education is key when it comes to all of these different options for folks out there. Um, just understanding what people are going to be doing and, you know, going back to the, to the youth aspect, just starting at square one with them to teach them what's going on on our transportation system is extremely important. And then providing the opportunities in a way that they can move forward and progress uh, within what's age appropriate for where they are right. specifically. I think yeah. one of, I think one of the interesting things about the change of dynamics on the street with an, with the e-bike phenomenon is that you know those bike lanes traditionally that is a slower form of traffic when you're in traffic and you're moving along as a car. It's only very recently that I've started to look in my mirror and see people mm -hmm. they are passing traffic in that lane. It is a faster lane than the than the cars and I mean it's been I mean I'm sure we've all seen the driver who's taken the right and they've looked but they're not looking in that thin strip between their tire and the curb and uh, they're there there's a lot of those e-bikes in that space mm -hmm. and and regular bicycles right. as well you know I I would argue that the the percentage of people on bicycles has gone up and bend yeah. our population has exploded uh, but with that the population of people using that type of transportation is also going up right as well so uh, whether it's a e-bicycle or a regular bicycle or a scooter or any kind of when you're out there we all need to be aware of what's going on around us you know looking left right left behind um, no matter if you're on a bike or even if you're walking or if you're driving your car alone, sure. we, we all need to be taking that into account. And I think all user groups, um, no matter what mode you choose, that's an important aspect of, of getting from point A to point B safely. Yeah. Brian, as a, you know, as an organization, I guess I'm curious about when we have something as tragic as we saw this past week happen, what is, you know, what are the discussions that happen internally among an organization that is so dedicated to this issue? Well, first off is, like I said before, it's just sadness and um, respecting uh, the tragedy that has occurred for the families. That's, that's the first thing that we talk about. And uh, if there's any way that we can reach out to, to help at all. Um, and then, you know, we focus on what our role is, is just trying to make our community a little better. That's what we focus on. And better is good. So how do we make it a little bit better? And the way that we do it is through the programs, ed the education, the encouragement, the services that we have. So how do we make those more accessible to our community so they know what those resources are? So those are the conversations that we have. We pause. We take a big moment to reflect on what's going on in our community and then adjust how we are getting our resources out there. Because this is not our messaging. This is not, you know, you must do this. It's more of we have these resources. How, how do we get them into the hands of everyone here so they understand 
uh, how to be safe and healthy when they're they're moving around. Yeah, you're very much an opt-in organization. People have to have a desire to want to become better in these areas. That's true. There are some areas uh, potentially coming up uh, within the state of Oregon, uh, the eco rule, uh, all about greenhouse gas reduction and on a state legislature okay. level that is going to put larger employers in a place or a position to think about more of these things on a regular basis. And so, yes, you're correct. Yeah. We are an opt-in, but we are also... Uh, going to be more of a helpful resource in the future as these pieces of legislation mm -hmm. move forward. Can you do you have any specifics about that? Like, as it, what an employer might be, um, you know, looking great at? Great question. Yeah, They're I'd love still to hear to more about that. that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, the um, Oregon Department of Transportation is still working on all the details of the eco rule, so I can't really say anything more than than what I've said here. Uh, but I do know that that's in formation right now. Okay. I guess maybe something along the lines of large employers having a plan for alternatives to the traditional commute. Yeah, that's broadly. roughly broadly where it's, it's going. Like okay. I said, I can't really comment on exactly what they're going to land on with this. And I, I don't want to, uh, you know, say one thing or the other as far as what employers are going to have to do. Got it. Yeah, anything. of course. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, you know, we've talked about some of these things. Yes, it's opt-in in some cases, but really you are coming to organizations like schools um, and engaging with those those kids in those schools. Um, but what are some ways that, like, if a parent, you know, community members want to engage with you and learn, mm -hmm. um, yeah, I just want to give you an opportunity to kind of share what resources are out there for folks? Well, our website has everything on it. So <laughs> communityoptions.org to plug that. But, uh, you know, if, if parents or other members of the community want to get in touch with this, uh, you know, our contact page uh, is, is there to, you know, talk to us specifically. We have resource pages on our website and then links to all of the programs that we do. Uh, as well. So if, if someone is interested in wanting to get involved, it's pretty easy to engage with us. We're very responsive to our community because we really value when someone does connect with us. Um, so it just depends on what you're looking for uh, specifically. Uh, you know, another one of our programs, uh, we work with Cascade East Transit, CUIC, Central Oregon Intergovernmental Council on a van pool program. And that's something that's also employer-based. And so we, we love it when folks reach out to us and say, tell us more about your van pool program and how do we get that going at our business and, and things of that nature. So um, that's, that's one of the best ways, really. Okay. Before we wrap up, because we've been talking about joy, I really want to go yeah. around and uh, I have two things I want to know. Okay, first, like, what is everybody's, like, favorite piece of bike gear that they don't want to live without for bike commuting? <laughs> and also, what is your joy uh, from from active commuting? So. Oh, uh, my favorite piece of bike gear is my big saddlebags that I have on my bicycle because I can go to the store and load up. I've even gotten big bushels of hay to take back to our chickens. Nice. So that's pretty great. I really love those bike bags that I could never live without. And I think my joy kind of is in coinciding with that, that I can go out and, and do that, that I, I have the option and I have um, the, the knowledge that I, I want to share with folks uh, 
that I can go and ride my bike and pick up, you know, these things and, and, and bring them back to my home and not need to drive. Cause I own a truck. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, but not have to use that truck. That's right. pretty joyful for me. Yeah. Aaron, you're on the spot. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. I think you do get pretty attached to your bags. Like you get, you know, I've got a uh, my rear bags and all the little pockets and all the great pockets. things that yeah. you learned is put where and put is pretty good. And uh, the joy for me is route finding. I just love like new little like mm. alleys, and then you pop out and you're like in a new space and. I just think that, you know, people who drive just don't really know the town the way bikers do. Bikers know the town. They know where the funky, cool stuff is. And I get a lot of joy from that, for sure. Awesome. Okay, I, too, like my bags. Um, <laughs> this past this past issue, a couple issues ago, I wrote a little thing about bike touring and just, like, intro to bike touring. I think it's such an awesome thing. And my favorite piece of gear is my handlebar bag. Mm-hmm. It's so awesome because it just comes off really easily with two pieces of Velcro and becomes my purse. Um, and it's waterproof and holds all the things I need for, like, the average kind of day. I too have my panniers if I need to haul some things, but the the handlebar bag is like, oh, I highly recommend them for everyone. They're just so great. They're like, yeah, like just a purse on yeah. the front of your bag mm-hmm. or on the front of your bike. Yeah. Um, okay, the joy, and now I put myself on the spot. I mean, I'll just, I guess, just getting to hear birdsong on the way to work. That's Ooh. just, you know. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that just really nice. different uh, interactions with nature than you would have on the streets Absolutely. in a car. Absolutely. Well, Brian Potwin, it's been such a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Anything you want to, we forgot to bring up that you want to let listeners hear? Well, we just wrapped up our e-bike rebate program with the city of Bend, and we've got a couple more folks that are going to head to pick up their bikes. It's uh, 75 uh, $2,000 rebates, and so we really are thankful of the partnership with the city of Bend to make that happen. And uh, the feedback that we've been receiving is this is the best thing ever. Now I can ride and I don't have to be stressed about getting to where I need to go to. So we're very thankful for that opportunity and something that we chose to take on because one of our values is safety, if you've picked up on that or not. (laughs) Um, So when we chose to agree to do this program with the city of Bend, we said we're going to develop an introduction to e-bike safety. Uh, And so everybody who uh, applied for that $2,000 rebate was required to also take this online course that oh, we've developed cool. as well. So I just want to make sure that uh, listeners know that that course is available to anyone. It's up on our website. Uh, it has a lot of great information about how to be safe when riding an e-bicycle uh, and also how to be safe around the people that you're riding near as, as well and how to interact well with our community while on an e-bike. So I just wanted to make sure that folks know that that's a, an available resource that's up on commuteoptions.org. It's great. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to the Ben Don't Break podcast powered by The Source Weekly. To read, hear, and see more of what we do, go to bensource.com.